0: Thank you so much for joining us for another message from Sand Hill Will Baptist Church in Sandusky, Ohio. This podcast you're about to enjoy was given live before the congregation at Sand Hill. It is our desire as a church to live Christ to people while loving people to Christ. We pray that this podcast will invigorate and encourage your walk with Christ. It is our steadfast belief that we can still be unwavering in our faith if we hold fast to the absolute truth of God's mighty word. For more sermons like this, as well as additional content, please visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or visit our social media pages on YouTube or Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. It's a strange day we
1: live. Whatever your opinion of everything is, um, I think everyone would have to say it's a strange year. It is a strange time that we live in, uh, but God has not changed. Amen. God has not changed. God is the same. God is still on the throne. He's still in control. And no matter what happens, God is in control. And and that first song that Jenny sung about standing on, uh, standing on the truth. Well, that's what we got to do. We got to stand on the truth. And and that's what we're going to preach about this morning. So turn your Bible to the Book of uh, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter six. Uh, If you're familiar with your Bible, it is the chapter that everybody wants to run away from. Uh, I've I've, uh, studied it many times, and I actually was told after I preached on it one time that... uh, um, you got to be mighty brave to preach there. Nobody wants to go near that chapter. But I don't think it's a chapter we have to be afraid of. I think we just need to understand what it says. Amen? And we're going to try to dive into it. But as I looked at the whole entire chapter this morning and really began to pick it apart, I began to see that it um, really it lays out the entire Christian life uh, beautifully. And I believe one of the most uh, appropriate... uh Chapters we could find for 2020 <laughs> because we're living in some strange times. So uh, if you're at home, I hope you read along with us. If you're here with us, if you're able, I ask you to stand and we'll um, read a, a few verses. We'll start with verse 11, Hebrews chapter 6. <clears throat> and we desire that every one of you do shew the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by none greater, he sware by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear, By the greater an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wherein God willing more abundantly to shew unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible For God to lie. Amen. We might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope before us. Which hope we have is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entereth in that within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made in high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Let us pray. Lord, I'm so thankful for the opportunity one more time to stand and and declare your word. So very thankful for all that are watching online. And Lord, so very thankful for all that are here. And God, I pray that you would help us to take this message and let your holy word speak to our hearts. And Lord, let us understand no matter what happens, we can depend on you. We'd ask this in Jesus' name and amen. All right. So. If you, if you kind of follow along with me, I would like to try to present to you the entire Christian life, the entire Christian life. And point number one I would like to start off with is the new convert, the new convert. Now uh, verse number one, the same chapter there, it, uh, the writer of Hebrews, he he refers to the, the principles of the doctrines of Christ, but then he says, let us go on unto perfection. And so he lays out in the next several verses there how that, you know, we all start out understanding, I am a sinner and Jesus died for my sins and I need to be baptized and I need to try and stop sinning and all those basic things we start with. And that's where everybody has to start. And that's a good place to start. It's a good place to understand that you're saved, uh, by Jesus dying for your sins and praise God for it. Uh, but the right Hebrew said you got to move on past that now if we understand that he is that, that the writer here is talking to a uh, Jewish people who have lived under the law for all of their uh, all of their ancestry and now he's brought to them the gospel and he said now you believe the gospel but you need to move on past that so all all of uh, the new converts um, are kind of start out in the same place now I want to think about I want to think about new converts um, most new converts, um, make a lot of mistakes. Is that true? Most converts, when you very first get saved, you do some things you shouldn't do, right? Sometimes through ignorance, sometimes you're just weak, sometimes it's because you don't know, but you, we do a lot of things we shouldn't do when we're, when we're first saved. Most new converts are very unstable. I mean, one day they're on fire for God. Next day, I don't know if I want to go to church. One day they're just, you know, they're, they're, I'll take on the world. Next day, they're not so sure. One day, you know, I love Jesus so much. Next day, you know, I'd rather go do something else. They're kind of unstable. And it's very, very common that, uh, new converts will doubt their salvation. I'm not really sure if I'm saved. So, so we go through this process. That's kind of where we start out as Christians. Uh, but the writer here, Hebrews says you need to move on past that. You need, you need to know a little bit more about that. You need to go on into perfection. So we believe here at Sand Hill, that as you are saved, the number one thing, you know, when someone comes down, we've had people get saved who have never been to church before in their life. They know nothing about God. They know nothing about anything. And we don't sit down and try and say, well, let me explain the entire Bible to you before you leave. What we tell them is you need to come to church need to come to church. And if you come to church, we will preach you the Word of God, and as time goes by, you will understand what the Word of God says. So the plan is you get saved, don't know much, you're not very strong, you come to church, and the more you come to church, the more you learn the Word of God, the stronger you get, your conscience becomes stronger, and you become a better Christian. And you start living better, and you stop being, uh w- will you say, a new convert. <clears throat> so if you don't come to church as a new convert, what happens? We've all seen it. If someone gets saved and they say, I'm just not going to come to church, do they do well? Do they grow? Do they become stable? No, they, they're, 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 they're just all over the place. They're out in the sin and they're not living right and they're doubting and they're wishy-washy. So coming to church is very important. Hearing the Word of God is very important. Also receiving the Word of God is very important. And there are many of those who, who come to church and don't receive the Word of God, so they never get strong, they never get stable. <clears throat> so verse number nine, let us look at that. So some real key verses here I would like for to uh, point out to you. But verse number nine says, uh, but beloved, we are persuaded better things of you. So he's talking to a group of people and he's saying that some of the things that I've said in the previous verses, I persuaded you guys are better than that. I thank God that you know whether you watch this online or whether you are here in person. I thank God for the Sand Hill Church, and a lot of you have proven, even through this uh, time we're going through, that you have proven you love the Lord. You have proven that 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 that, you, that we can count on you, and I and I greatly appreciate that. But I love the end of verse nine. It says, "And things that accompany salvation, and things that accompany salvation. What is supposed to accompany salvation?" So the writer here is basically drawing a picture. When you first get saved and you're a new convert, it's okay if you don't know everything. It's okay if you're a little bit weak. It's okay if you stumble here and there. But you ought to be growing. You ought to be getting stronger. You ought to be getting closer to God. And you ought to be understanding things better and growing to a place where you look like a Christian. Is that what he's trying to say? And in the things that accompany salvation, he says, I have persuaded better things of you. I think you guys are better than that. You're better than being wishy-washy. You're better than being in sin all the time. You're better than stumbling over your salvation. You're better than that. And the things that accompany salvation is holy living and a strong faith and a steadfastness. Isn't that what we're all supposed to be attaining to? Isn't that what we all want? To get strong and to live right and have strong faith and be able to help others. So then let's look at verse number 11. Uh, Again, uh, uh, just key points of of the Christian walk. Verse number 11, And we desire that every one of you do shew the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. So that word diligence means you—you're striving. You're—you're. You're, so you're maybe you're a new convert. You say, "Boy, I'm not very strong. I'm not very uh, biblical. I'm not living a real great life. I'm striving to be better, so that I will be more pleasing to the Lord. I want to learn the Bible. I want to be more than what I am, and I want to grow to the place where I'm not all the time sinning and where I'm not wishy-washy, but I am stable. Isn't that what Christians are supposed to be?" Amen. And so uh, he says, show, give diligence, strive for it. But I like what it says to the full assurance of hope unto the end. Now that is very important that we get a hold of that. Full assurance. Is full assurance? I don't know if I'm gonna make it to heaven. Is full assurance I'm not sure I'm saved. What is full assurance? Full assurance is that confidence that that I am saved and that I'm going to make it to heaven. And so, and it says the hope unto the end. So you get a hold of that and you're able to hold on to it till the day that you die. So is the writer here of Hebrews saying that when he says to to strive for full assurance, number one, is he saying you need to work hard enough that you can count on, you are a pretty good person, you can make it to heaven. Be diligent to work as much as you can, and that way we'll know that you're going to make it to heaven. Now, if that is the case, um, we're all in a whole lot of trouble, right? We're, we're all in a lot of trouble. But is that? But is he? Or is he saying, "Come to the place where you understand the gospel, and when you understand the word of God, you will understand that your faith and your hope is in Jesus Christ." Amen? And you can lay down on night and I say, is Gary good enough? And you can lay down and say, Jesus is going to get me to heaven. I have faith and hope in Jesus. And that is the point of this text, is that we learn that Jesus is enough. <clears throat> so point number two is the patience of believers. And I really wanted to get a hold of this word patience, maybe kind of the crux of this entire message. But as I looked that word up, uh, the word patience as you look the original Greek word up, it means endurance. It means constancy and steadfastness. It is the picture of not starting and stopping and not going on. And I'm ready to quit and not, I, I'm all in and now I'm all out. It is the picture of you're constant. You're steady. You, you're not, you're not all over the place. You're, you're just a steady stream uh, going for the Lord. And it says that that is what we're supposed to have is patience. Uh, it, it said in, uh, um, in verse number 12 that that thou be not slothful but followers of them listen to this through faith and patience inherit the promise. So we are saved by faith, we live by faith, we walk by faith. But then patience is that endurance, is that stability, is that uh, constancy. Uh, that that is how we inherit the promises of God. And it goes on to speak about Abraham. Uh, if you if you drop down to verse fifteen, uh, it says that he, and he after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promises. So let's just look at Abraham just a little little bit let's just think about Abraham Abraham as an old man God comes to him and says you're going to be the father of many nations and he tells him to leave his father's homeland go to a strange land and I'm going to make you the father of many nations he Didn't have any kids and have any kids so it says the patience of Abraham he went some 25 years no kid no son he he messed up and 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 had a child with with Hagar and and he and he went over into the uh, the straight over into Egypt did all kinds of things he 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 didn't do what he was supposed to but he was all he had to go through a lot of problems but Abraham held on God said I'm gonna have a son and I'm gonna have a son what I'm saying is sometimes life just throws curveballs. Sometimes life gets all over the place. Sometimes life doesn't go the way we planned. We had things planned out this week. We were going to launch a brand new ministry. We, I had a series to start. To, we have a lot of things planned out, a lot of things going. And, and, and now things aren't going to be that way. But can I tell you, sometimes things don't go the way you plan. But you got to have faith. God is enough. God is enough. And Abraham said, you know, I don't have any children. Sarah can't get pregnant. I tried doing it the wrong way. I've, I've done this. I've done that. I've had all these obstacles. But I believe God is going to deliver what he said. Can I tell you that's what we need today? We need to believe God is going to deliver. You say, what's going to happen in our country? What's going to happen with this virus? What's going to happen with our economy? What's going to happen with the, with the government? I don't know. But I know one thing. God's made some promises. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Amen. We got to hold on to those things. So patiently is the idea of when problems come my way, I don't quit. When problems come my way, I don't just say, Oh, I give up. It's hopeless. There's no use. I stay focused on God. And that is what we need. That is what we desperately need uh, is to hold on to God. And so through these promises and through this patience, they, they obtain the goal. We all want to obtain the goal. Now, when we get to heaven, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's happening right now. I, I don't know. I don't understand everything's going. I'm not even going to try to stand here and explain everything. But I do know this: when I stand before Jesus Christ, when this life is over, I want to say, "Lord, I kept my eyes on You." I don't want to say I was so consumed by the election I couldn't think about You. I was so uptight about the virus. I, I was so worried about work. I didn't know what the economy. I don't want to. I want to stand before Jesus and say, God, it seemed like everything was falling apart, but I believed you. I had trust in you. And now I'm standing before, your, before you at the judgment seat of Christ. And I look back, and it really wasn't that big a deal because you was in control the whole time, right? He was in control the whole time. So, so we need to have faith and patience to get us all the way to the end. So the title of the message that I, that I um, titled the message, now that I'm almost down to the third point, uh, is the tipping point, the tipping point. So that's the question for point number three, what determines the tipping point? So I really like physics, they fascinate me, physics do, uh, but, but a good uh, um, easy thing that everybody here can understand, I'd like to talk about a seesaw. A seesaw. We all know what a seesaw is, right, when we were kids? So you, so you have this long board, and you have uh, in the middle what, what physics would call a fulcrum, but it is just simply the place in the middle where that board rests. And, and when, you're, when you're a kid, you know, you get someone about your size, and you get on the other end, and you guys go up and down. And if one's a little heavier, you might have to push off with your legs a little bit to get the other one to go up and down, uh, but, but it kind of works. What happens if you get on a teeter-totter, and the guy on the other side weighs 100 pounds more than you, Right? You're never going. You're never going down, right? So um, that's the idea we want to talk about. We want to talk about the tipping point, and the tipping point is just a point at which you no longer are up, but you come down. And I like to, like to think about that just a little bit. So if you can imagine on our seesaw, I don't mean to be irreverent. I just want you guys to be thinking with me on our seesaw. Um, we always call them teeter totters, but we'll call them seesaws. Uh, but on our seesaw, Jesus is on the other end. Okay you imagine seesawing with Jesus? <laughs> Wouldn't that be so, seesawing with Jesus? So he's on the other end of the seesaw. And I am on uh, this end. And the truth is, sometimes the weight gets pretty heavy. Anybody here ever have any questions? Anybody here ever have any confusion? I, I don't understand what's going on. Don't you, has anyone ever here thought, I just wish there was someone I could sit down to and they would just had all the answers? I mean, it's it's a it's a difficult time we live in. It's a confusing time we live in. It is a struggle that we live in, and, and we we have many questions that we can't answer. And and I be honest, you can come to me as your pastor. I don't have the answers. I don't know everything, but I do know this: no matter how heavy life gets, no matter how hard it gets, no matter what presses down on me, I have an anchor, and that is Jesus Christ. And He is steadfast. And he's unmovable, and I can count on Him. So if you could just imagine, I am up. And Jesus is holding me up because he's on the other end of the teeter-totter, the other end of the seesaw. And we see that in, in verse number 19. It says, "In the hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entereth into that within the veil, whither, whither the forerunner is... For us entered even Jesus. So Jesus died, rose from the grave, went back to heaven, offered for our sins, sat down on the right hand of the Father, is interceding for us, and He is there now taking care of us. What do we have to be worried about? What is there really to worry about? Can I, can I give everybody here a news flash? Everybody here is going to die. All right? Why don't we figure out how to get out of it? You can't. I mean, if the rapture comes, we don't have to die. But if the rapture doesn't come, we've got to die. So everybody's going to die. You know, Jesus walked out to the grave one time and He said, Lazarus, come forth. But how many of you know Lazarus still had to die? Jesus raised another man that was in the coffin, of, of the, the only son of a mother, and He raised him up out of there. But how many of you know? He had to die again. And how many of you know all of us have to die? How many of you know when we get to eternity now, eternity is forever and ever and ever and ever. How many of you know when we get to eternity, uh, whether I have another 30 years to live or another 5 minutes to live will seem kind of irrelevant? <laughs> Won't it? I mean, think about it. And if I live here for 80 or 90 years, we would think that's a long life. But when I get to eternity, that will seem like just but a vapor. That will seem like nothing. So what I'm trying to say is we get so uptight in a lot of things that if we really look at the big picture, it's not that important. The big picture is Jesus Christ is my hope. He is my stability, he is my anchor, and he holds me steadfast. If we could understand that, if we could get a hold of that, uh, life could be a lot better for for a lot of us. So what about this? Uh, Again, physics just a little bit. If you have, a, if you have a, a seesaw, and you have the fulcrum, which is, the, is the, the point at which it goes up and down, and you have someone uh, um, that is heavier on one end than the other, how many of you know the only way that a lighter person is going to lift a heavier person? What is the, what is the principle there? you got to shorten the board. So if the board on this end is real long, and the board on this end is real short, you have more leverage, you can pick up that thing that is heavier than you. you follow the illustration? So if that be true... What is, the, what is the thing I need to do to make sure my tipping point uh, doesn't, doesn't uh, cause me to go down? So we're up. That's where we all want to stay. We like to stay up. We like to stay on the mountaintop. We like to stay where we're, I'm God is good and I love Jesus and everything's going to be all right. We like to stay up. What keeps me from going down? The closer I get to the fulcrum, the less chances there is for me to go down. Do we follow the? Do we need to go to a playground? <laughs> we need to go see a seesaw? The closer we get to Jesus, the less chance there is for us to go down in this life. And I, and I just want to and I and I want this message to be encouraging. I want it to help all of us. But I could just say this here there are a lot of Christians who could use a little bit more stability. They're so up and down, and they're so wishy-washy, and they're so all over the place, and they're so. One day they love Jesus, next day they'd rather be out in the world. One day, oh, I just the church means everything to me. Next day, I gotta go to a ball game. One time, you know, no matter what happens, I I trust Jesus. Next time, they have a little cold, and you know, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. We need some stability in church. We need some stability among Christians. And the Bible tells us here that the way we get there is to move on to deeper things in the Word of God, have a greater understanding of the Word of God, to get close to Jesus, and we can be steadfast and unmovable. Amen? And how many of you believe that the anchor, which is Jesus Christ, is worthy that it will not move? Amen. It is worthy. It is. It is. Jesus isn't going anywhere. He ain't going to let us down. He's not going to step up. He's going to hold us that fast. If we do our part, we can stay up there, trusting in Him. And that's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. I like verse number 18, read it with me. Uh, That by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. Isn't that a good verse? It is impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. So the word consolation there is the idea of comfort. of of making us feel better, of encouraging us. So it says we might have a strong uh, comfort if for those who have fled to refuge. Where do we flee for refuge? Jesus Christ. If we go to Jesus for refuge, for protection, for, for strength through all that we're going through, He can give us a strong comfort where we will be able to get through anything. Amen? We'll be able to get through anything and lay hold of that hope set before us. Then we transition right into verse 19. We've already covered uh, that that hope that we're going to lay hold of is the anchor to our soul that keeps us from going up and down. And I don't know if that makes sense to you or not, but the Bible teaches that a new convert, it's okay to be a little bit wishy-washy. It's okay to stumble and fall. But the Bible teaches that as we go along the Christian life and as we go to church and as we learn the Bible and as we get closer to the Lord, we ought to be getting more and more stable in the Lord. Is that what the Bible teaches? And we ought to have some people who have been in church that when storms of life come, they're not just falling apart at all. What are we going to do? But they are steadfast and unmovable because they trust in Jesus. When this whole thing first started back in, you know, back in February, March, this whole thing started, and, and then not, it seems like since then, our country has just completely lost its mind, and all the things that are going on, um, I didn't know what was going to happen, and I didn't know what the church was going to do, I didn't know a lot of things, but this is what I did know. I knew Jesus Christ had called us to have church here, and I believed that no matter what came, He was going to get us through, and I kept my eyes on Jesus, and until this day, we are still going strong, because Jesus is steadfast and unmovable, And that's what we need. We need to trust in Jesus. Listen, if you're trusting in your pastor, that's a very wrong place to put your confidence, okay? If you're trusting in man or anything else. But listen, as a people, we can trust in Jesus. And if we can't trust in Jesus, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Does this strike anybody strange that someone would say this? I believe that Jesus will get me to heaven. So the most important thing there is, above everything, my eternal, my eternal uh, destiny. The most important thing I trust that Jesus will get me to heaven. Now this other little problem I got here, I don't know if I can trust Jesus with that. Does that make sense? I don't feel real good today, but I, I know He'll get me to heaven. But I just don't know if He can take care of this sickness. Does that make any sense? You know, the, the government's a little bit messed up. Now, the government's a whole lot messed up, right? And our country is messed up. And, and it seems like half of this country has completely lost their mind. And that seems like a big deal to me. But can I tell you, in, in, in comparison to my eternal destiny, that's really kind of in, insignificant. Can God, what I'm saying is, if God can take care of the most important thing, God can take care of everything else. And every problem we face, God can't take care of it if we trust Him. If we trust him, so let's just let's just put this into real life, just for just for um, so as we make sure we understand the message. So if you understand, we start off kind of unstable. The plan is: the more we go to church, the more we read His Word, the closer we get to Him, the less unstable we become. And that teeter-totter holds us up. That seesaw holds us up. Jesus on the other end, we can't come down because He's over there. If we get real close to Him, stay in the Word of God, we can stay up and stay confident, stay focused on Jesus. So I want to ask a couple questions. <clears throat> Um, for everybody, those of you online joining us and those that are here, is there a place for a Christian to be unstable? That's a good question. What does the Bible say? Is there a, in other words, oh, pastor, I hear everything you're saying, but man, you just don't know how bad my problems are. You just don't know how bad I've got it. I mean, my my health situation is just horrible. You just don't understand how bad it is. Oh, Pastor, you you just don't understand my finances. There's just no hope. My finances are, there's no hope. Oh, Pastor, you don't understand I was really hurt by something somebody else did. They really, really hurt me by what they said or what they did. I was let down. I was hurt in church. Is there a place that we can come up with a reason and say as a Christian, Oh, it's okay if you're unstable. It's okay if you're all over the place. See, we want to say all that the Bible says doesn't really mean anything because of my problem. Is that true? Do I get to say that all of this doesn't matter, that Jesus is the anchor to my soul is insignificant because I've got a really big problem? Can I tell you Jesus had some really big problems? He had some really big problems. But you never see Jesus saying, I'm not going to do this, it's just too hard. He he was steadfast and unmovable, and we are to be Christ-like. we need to we need to come to the place where we don't say, "Well, you know, I got this, I got hurt, I got, I had this, or I had that, or something came up, and and now I'm just, you know, I'm just really all over the place." And can I just say this to everybody? Everybody here has emotions. Everybody here uh, is up and down sometimes. But here's what you need to do: sometimes, as your pastor, I get a little sideways. You know what I do? I say, "Gary, snap out of it! You're listening to the devil. You're not listening to God. You got the devil messing with your mind. Quit thinking like that." And turn to Jesus and get back up. And so I'm not going to allow myself to continually go down that path. I'm going to turn around and say, Jesus, I need you to lift me up. I need your strength right now. And he's never failed me. He's never let me down. He's always lifted me back up. So there's no place for, un- for being unstable in the Christian life. Now again, if you're a new convert, if you've only been saved for a short time, uh, that is a different situation. It, it, the Bible clearly lays it out here. But if you've been saved for a long time, we need to be stable. We need to be stable. We need to be telling everybody, listen, Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. What's going to happen in November? Jesus is enough. What's going to happen to our economy? Jesus is enough. What about the virus? Jesus is enough. What are you telling me Jesus is enough? I hope somebody here believes that Jesus is enough. And if we ought to be telling people that proudly and confidently, Jesus is going to get us through whatever happens. I just lost my job. My wife just left me. My kids are in a mess. But Jesus is enough. And if we can't proclaim that with the truth, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? We need to be telling people that is, that is the way it is. So this the second question I want to ask in, in, in application, is this just a personality thing? Because I hear that a lot. Well, Pastor, my personality is I just worry a lot. Well, my, Pastor, my personality is I'm kind, of a, I'm kind of an up and down type person. Well, Pastor, my personality is this or that and the other. Is this a personality test? Does the Bible say, obey my commands unless you have this type of personality? It doesn't say that. It says that we're all supposed to, can I tell you what the Bible says? The Bible says we're supposed to deny the flesh and yield to the spirit. And every single person here this morning, every single person watching us online, can I just say this as your pastor, starting with me, but every last one of you, every last one of you, your personality is all messed up. Okay? Every one of us, there's not a person that you can find who doesn't have something about their personality that's messed up. And can I guarantee you, there's something in your personality that goes against God? It's just the way you're wired. You know what we got to do? We got to forsake the flesh and we got to yield to the Spirit. You know, there are people who have trouble with their temper. There are people who have trouble with worrying. There are people who have trouble with lust. There are people who have trouble with addictions. There are people who have. There's all kinds of personality. But the Bible never says, "Well, if you're this way, it's okay." The Bible says, "Go against the flesh and yield to the Spirit. You will not have to be that way, right?" So, the, so personality is not a excuse to not do what God says. <clears throat> Third question: Are we separated from the world? I'd really like for you guys to think about this. I'd like for you guys at home to think about this. All of you here think about this. Are we separated? You know, preachers usually preach a lot about separation and maybe the way you dress and the way you do this and your hair and everything else. But here's the thing. Are we separated from the world? You know, there are millions upon millions and millions of, of people in the United States right now that are scared to death. They're absolutely terrified. They're afraid of their health. They're afraid of the future. They're afraid of the government. They're afraid. Of every, they're just terrified. There are people that aren't working. Uh, There are all kinds of things. There are people that are terrified. Shouldn't we be separated from the world? In other words, if I go to work tomorrow and and all the guys there are just like, oh, you know, this is terrible, I shouldn't join in on that party. I ought to be the one who says, no, I got Jesus. It's going to be all right. I got Jesus. It's going to be all right. And, and we ought to be separate. We ought not think like the world, and be like the world, and act like the world, and fall into the world's things. But if I, as honestly as I can say it, there are a lot of Christians who act just like the world. There are a lot of Christians who they're up and down, they're all over the place. They're they're one day they're trusting Jesus, one day they're not. One day they're all in, one day they're all out. They're just, they're just all over the place, and they're just like the world. They're not being separate. We need to be stable and steadfast, and not like the world. And the last thing I'd like for you guys to think about with me. You know, I, I'm not a prophet, I don't have all the answers, but I want to ask everybody here this morning, everybody that's here, and I want to ask everybody online, could this be a test? Could this be a test? I've never seen a year like this before, since, in my, all my life I've never seen a year like this. I've never seen a time when our country was in this kind of mess. I, I've, I've never seen a lot of things. And I hear pastors, you know, I listen to all pastors all over the entire country. And there are a lot of pastors who are just, I don't know what we're going to do. I can't go on. I'm ready to quit. Or I don't want to do this anymore. Or I'm just going to shut my church down until this is over. And you hear all kinds of different things. And, and then, and then uh, you hear Christians who are just like, you know, they're, they're just no hope. And they're scared. And they're fearful. And they're, and they're just, but is it possible? You know, a lot of people say, well, we're, we're at the end of time. That's very possible. I believe it's very possible that the Lord could be getting ready to wrap this whole thing up. But it's also possible this is a test. This is a test. How are you doing? How are you doing? Yeah. Are you passing or are you failing? You know, the rapture could come before we get out of here this morning. And the truth is, if God wants to, He can clean this whole mess up and next year we can just have an easy, perfect year. If He wants to. But you know what? This year might be a test to see where you're at. Are you grounded in the Word of God? Are you trusting in Jesus? Are you close to Him? Is your faith keeping you anchored where you're not up and down? Or are you failing the test? So here's the good news. Whether you're online or whether you're with us, here's the good news. It does not matter what happened in the last six months. today, Let's start trusting Jesus. If you've been kind of, let's get on board. Listen, I, I want to tell everybody online. I want to tell everybody here. Samuel Church is going to be all right. We're going to be all right. I don't have all the answers. I don't, know, but Samuel Church is going to be all right. We're going to keep worshiping the Lord, preaching the Word of God. And we're going to be all right. And I have confidence. There are a whole lot of people here that are going to be on board and trust Jesus. And can I tell you, it does not matter what the government does. It does not matter what this virus does. We're going to be all right because Jesus is going to take care of us. And you guys need to believe that. But are you failing the test? If you've been failing, I want to challenge you right now to say, you know, I've been kind of letting the world get to me. I've been kind of letting my flesh have its way. I've been kind of yielding to doubt and to all these things a lot. I've been kind of sidetracked and not have my eyes on Jesus. Today, I want to make things right. Today, I want to repent, ask Jesus to keep my eyes focused on him, and I want to become stable for
0: him. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you have been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together enliven each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, join us each Sunday at 11 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content and programming provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages by visiting our website at www.sandhillfwb.com have.